Hi, everybody. Welcome to Behind the Headlines with several members of our star team. It's been a really awful week internationally, hasn't it? I think we're all struggling a lot with the images. Speaking to people in Sheffield, we've spoken to several sort of Russian and Ukrainian families. People are trying to get their families over here. Um, and the paper and the website has been full of that sort of news. It's really important that we cover it. Um, and it is having an impact locally. But we are also going to try and raise your spirits a little bit today. But first, well, this is not going to raise spirits. Should we talk about petrol and price of living, etc.? Yeah, so it's one of the things everyone's um, talking about at the moment. Unfortunately, as, as tragic as everything that's happening in, in Ukraine is, um, one, one of the ways it's obviously affecting us over here um, is with the rising petrol price, and they, they are going up rapidly, um, some places faster than others. Um, obviously, a lot of people sharing um, photos of particularly um, big increases at their, at their local pumps. Um, so... It, um, this week we sent Alistair out yesterday just to see what the situation was at some of the, the cheapest pumps. Um, one, one of our colleagues had noticed that um, what, one of the one of the busiest petrol stations in the area um, was um, out of well out of most types of fuel um, on Thursday morning. So Alistair headed out. Um, he, he had the unfortunate job of heading out to a few petrol stations in the area and just, just checking out what the situation was there. It's a, it's a difficult one to cover because obviously in the past when you had the um, the, the panic before, um, the media took a lot of the brunt for, for fueling that, for want of a better word. Um, so, so we do try and be careful. And when we did cover that, we, we tried to be as responsible as we could and give people information, um, um, yeah, just the accurate information without any comment, without any, any other input. Um, and, in, and it's the same in this situation. We don't want to spark panic and there is no reason to panic, as Alistair made clear. Um, but there is, people are understandably shopping around much more than they would in the past for, for petrol, I guess. Um, in the past, you would have just gone to your local petrol station. Now people are, are driving that little bit further if, if they see a bargain. And there are there are sites out there sharing the cheapest prices. So it's understandable that people, if it's if you if you can save six, even 10p per litre, that makes a big difference to, to filling up your tank. So, so people are, are going out of their way, which is um, causing a few, a few of the cheaper petrol stations to run out temporarily. Um, we have been informed that there's no long-term issues in terms of supply, but there's no sign either of petrol prices going down. So it, it looks like something that's going to rumble on for a while. Um, and obviously, Alistair visited those three, three petrol stations. All of them had some of the some of the pumps out of action. Um, I think none of them he visited were actually fully out. So there was always some. There was always a pump, but in some cases it was a the, the premium pumps, which, which you're paying extra for anyway. So obviously, people aren't prepared to to splash out a little bit extra at the moment with the cost of living crisis. Um, and he didn't actually fill up our, our tank. So um, we could be um, <laughs> looking looking to pay a bit more for petrol when we, when we next head out with a, with a pool car. So we'll see what happens there. But, but he did a great job just speaking to some of the drivers about that the real issues they're facing because of the rising prices, whether it's just people um, heading out with their family or it's um, people who are running small businesses who are, who are really facing difficult times at the moment. Yeah, and if you rely on your car, it is a massive thing. Well, if we haven't got any petrol in our podcast or the pots can't get out, maybe they'll have to go on their bikes, Rob, as long as they're not yeah. going to Snake Pass. But we won't talk about that one, so we know there's a big protest. There's all sorts of rows about Snake Pass. I think we've talked enough about roads. So the rest of us, we're going to have to speak positive. Chris Holt, it's got to be positive from you ahead of the weekend. 
Yeah, it has been a fairly positive week. Certainly from uh, Sheffield United's point of view, they they picked up a, an incredible win really against uh, Middlesbrough on Tuesday night. Obviously, that was the return of Chris Wilder to Bramall Lane for the first time since he left the club um, a year ago next week, actually, um, which seems, I, I, I can't quite work out whether that doesn't seem like a year or actually it seems like about five years. It's just everybody's time is all over the place at the minute. But yeah, really good. Really good performance by Sheffield United on, in midweek there. They go to Coventry this weekend, hoping to build on that. Um, our reporter spoke to, <clears throat> excuse me, our reporter spoke to Paul Hackenbottom yesterday ahead of tomorrow's match. And um, and really, the biggest thing to come out of that is uh, United feel that the biggest barrier to success this season could be themselves. Um, just by the sheer amount of, of injuries and 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 fatigue that they're picking up as just as a, as a result of the the amount of games that they've had to play in such a short amount of time and thankfully there's a well not thankfully for us because we need them to keep playing to keep us to keep us taking over in terms of content but there's an international break coming up which I'm sure Paul Heckenbottom will be really thankful for to get just rest a few limbs and and rest a few minds as much as anything else because it has been absolutely hectic in the schedule and it, and. You know, I was talking to James Shield about it this morning. We we come out of games ourselves in midweek where you're pretty wired and and you know you're you're trying to meet deadlines and and that kind of thing. And it's 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 even difficult for us to sleep. So goodness knows what it's like if you've been running around for ninety minutes in such an emotionally charged match. Um, so imagine there hasn't been an awful lot of um good night sleeps going on. Um, over the past couple of nights, but that that's just another thing that Paul Heckenbottom has to deal with. As for Wednesday, they're coming off the back of a defeat last week, but something we touched on recently, given just the kind of good feeling that there is about the team at the minute, um, it's there's kind of an acceptance that you're going to get a couple of bumps along the road. Um, they can't they can't be expected to win every single match, although. Obviously, Wednesday fans' expectations are very high, but it's it's difficult for in, in any division, no matter no matter what division you're in, there, there's going to be a, there's going to be a few issues here and there. They they didn't turn up last week. They were kind of were out fought in, in certain areas of the pitch, and they and they lost three one to Lincoln City. But they'll be looking to put that right this weekend against uh, Cambridge United. There's no no panic setting in. Everything everybody's fine with the odd. Uh, defeat here and there, so long as it doesn't drag out. And um, they, every single Wednesday fan went into this season expecting or at least hoping that they were going to win every single match. Yeah. However, yeah. on a bright side, this is really bad. I probably shouldn't say this. We haven't. We have a national call with all the national news editors, and I can tell you, poor Laura in Leeds, um, she's banned us talking about football. And for once, it's quite nice being the Sheffield editor. So um, let's hope for a little well, bit of Wednesday as well. It's always nice when. Um, when your teams are doing okay and Leeds aren't, let's just leave it at that. Yeah, let's let's leave it at that. Lee, what have you got to lift our spirits? Yeah. Swift, swiftly move on from that one. <laughs> um, yeah, um, two chefs with connections to Sheffield uh, being on the uh, Great British Menu on BBC Two this week. Um, Luke French, who's the chef at Joro in Callum Island, uh, last night, he's actually made it through to the national final. Um, and another chef, Mark Aisthorpe, who 
who was part of the catering team at the University of Sheffield um, and now runs uh, his own restaurant in Derbyshire. He finished second. Um, so, yeah, it's been good to see two, you know, prominent chefs from our region um, showing off their talents to millions of people on, uh, on national TV. Um, just to add to that, this week it's been Pie Week and Sheffield Beer Week. So there's been plenty of places creating weird and wonderful pies uh, alongside the usual staples. Um, there's been a number of events um, attached to, to Beer Week as well. Um, I actually went out to a place called Pie Minister on Division Street to try one of their uh, pies this week. Um, got a lot of five-star reviews on Google. Um, funnily enough, that the venue was actually uh, hit the headlines earlier on this month when uh, an American YouTuber with quite a large following um, went and did a review of one of the pies there. Um, he actually got quite a lot of stick for referring to Henderson's relish as Worcester sauce. Um, he also referred to people as Sheffield, uh, people from Sheffield as Sheffieldans rather than Sheffielders. Um, so yeah, he copped a bit of flack uh, for that. Um, obviously all our reporters are from Sheffield, live and work in the city. So, you know, we don't dare make mistakes like that, thankfully. Um, but yeah, just shows, I mean, Sheffield recently missed out on getting a Michelin star, but you know, it just shows that the city doesn't need that as validation of the, um, you know, the thriving food and drink scene, uh, that the city can offer. Absolutely. It's always nice. Every time you hear Hendo's mentioned or something positive about Sheffield on national telly, it, is, it does raise raise a smile. And I think we're expecting more news about the Hendo's, the site, um, what used to be the Hendo's headquarters by the university. I think we're expecting an update on that soon. Um, I know they moved a while ago, but yeah, one of our, David is working on a story on that as we speak. Tim, over to you then to the final lift ahead of the weekend. Yeah, just very, very quickly. Um, Chris and I had a head-to-head -head earlier this week, uh, well, especially in uh, in terms of the newspaper, uh, speaking about the city centre and what's happening there. I think a lot of people will find it hard to find positive news about the city centre. But I took a look, and actually there's some good things going on. Uh, I had a walk down uh, around Fitzalan Square, uh, where the Greater Green area is, uh, well, is going to be springing up around uh, Angel Street and has done down by the courts um, and then seeing all the building work that is taking place hopefully they are signs of a positive future for the city centre um, obviously a lot of people walk around town and see the empty shops see people begging see all these things that that people have a go at um, but it just makes you hope for the uh, for the future what is planned for the future uh, also David Walsh wrote an opinion piece where he was listing all the things and that are meant to be coming, that are meant to be happening, especially around Fargate. So we've got shops that have been bought by the city council. Uh, we've got the event central um, place that is meant to be uh, taking shape very, very soon. We've also got possibilities of new hotels, lots of things that are happening. We don't always hear about it because we tend to hear uh, people moaning about the city, but let's just hope that some of these things come to fruition and it happens soon. Thanks, Tim. I suspect, I'm pretty sure I've never done the actual calculation. I think about 
80% of our stories are positive. But you're right, it's the negative ones that people grab hold of and make a thing about. So we are feeling very positive going into the weekend. Um, we keep our fingers crossed and we'll do what we can in Sheffield to support the Ukrainian people here and keep with the fundraising. You can fundraise with us via JPI. We have got a collection going that will go straight out there. Um, and in the meantime, we try and keep positive about Sheffield. Thanks, everybody.